In order to save her from the jaws of the vampire Strahd, Ismark Kolyanovich hired Myri to escort his sister Irina to a nearby village. As night gathered on the road, Myri and Irina sought shelter in a windmill where they rescued kids fated for pie filling from some would-be Baba Yaga bakers. Bereft of her own magic, Myri still harried the hags while Irina took a book from the windmill's attic nook. The pair interrupted the coven before they could put the youngins in the oven and fled from the shelter to risk a night on the road. With mouths to feed and miles to go before they sleep, are the contents of that tome worth the risk it took to retrieve? And what dreams are in store for our wandering rogue as she fades out for the night? And fade back up with you on the road. <sighs> yeah. Can we rest? <laughs> Can we set watches and rest? Arena looks around and it's like, it's getting dark. We might actually have to actually set camp now, not set pretend camp. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's do that. Farik, can you go gather some, some firewood? Stay where I can see you. And uh, Farik just goes, okay, and kind of wanders off. Arena says to Myrtle, and um, you can help me lay out our bedrolls. They set to work, setting up the camp. What do mm-hmm. you do? I want to, like, cover our tracks a little bit, take some time doing that, like, moving brushes around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to Arena about if she found anything upstairs. Make a survival check. Nine. You you recall what you saw Maggie do in the Underdark, and you get some brush, and you like kind of just, like, sweep the road, but you have no idea if what you're doing is like what she was doing. You're just kind of approximating it. Uh-huh. But at the very least, like you see your footprints and then you step on it a bunch to make it look less like a boot and more just like a kind of divot. Uh, you do that for the better part of dusk as the shadows gather and you realize you've got to get back to the camp. And um, Arena's there. The kids are, she's boiled some fucking REI rations, like just right. bag o' meal, at, just add water. Right, totally. And uh, as they're eating in silence, and Arena says, if it's hot, just blow on it. And comes over to you and says, uh, is anyone following us? I don't think so. Not that I could see. Okay, good. Should we talk about, and she pulls out the corner of the book. What is that? It was up in the corner of the attic, I'm guessing it's what we had to go find. It's about him. Hmm. Yeah, let's look inside it. See if we can find something. Make an investigation check. A read check with disadvantage because I hate books. <laughs> funny. Six. Super funny. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> Do you want her to read as well, Arena? Uh, with your six? <laughs> you like open it and you're like, I strawed. There's some guy named Alex, he's a soldier, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) And Arena, yeah, have Arena make a check. I can read. (laughs) Oh, no! She crit fail. (sighs) To be honest, I'm a little worried about reading it tonight. That makes sense. We can look at this in the daylight. Let's wait, yeah, let's wait until. better for all of us. I think this isn't a book to be read by Firelight. That's fair. I don't know how much survival you've done <laughs> i'm an expert but <laughs> make a deception check uh, no sorry right. <laughs> are you gonna be able to take a watch tonight i can take first watch she goes you look exhausted are you I'm sure you don't want to ready to drop dead <laughs> <laughs> phrasing but i will take first watch sorry i can do first watch if it will make you feel better if in case they're on our tail now yeah just wake me up uh before the witching hour 
phrasing. Sorry. And uh, I'll, I'll take over. Thank you. She looks around at the the trees uh, off to the side of the road that seem to kind of loom in like eavesdroppers, even as you were mm-hmm. talking about this. And she goes, uh, I, uh, I've never slept outside before. Oh, really? It actually can be kind of nice sometimes. Ooh, Just sort ooh, of ooh. focus on beauty of the stars. <laughs> she looks up. <laughs> Is there any stars in this world? No, no, ma'am. <laughs> Just focus on the beauty of the star. You know, thinking about all the nature that's out there sharing the space with you. The moon peers through the clouds. You see a cloud of bats fly over it. Joke's on you. I love bats. And she goes, you know what? Just um, pretend you're in a house you own. No one can take this away from you. Right. She lays down. Like the one my dad died in. Right. And uh, goes to bed. Myrie thinks about what she just said and wonders... Maybe I can check to see if this is true. <laughs> if, if believing a place that you've set up to be a home is considered a home in vampire protection. Oh, sure. Like if there's... Uh... I didn't mean to do that when I said that. I was just, you know, spitballing. But... Yeah, but you want to see if you're like, this is home, so it's got the right of forbiddance or whatever it's called. This is her on her way to her first level of cleric. If I believe, does it become real? <laughs> That's a question. And she draws a line, a circle around them all to be like, this is my home. This is my home. This is my home. You draw a circle with a stick around these sleeping babes. Arena lies on her back and she clutches the two kids like tight to her, one in either armpit. She's stroking Myrtle's hair and mm-hmm. whispering a bedtime story to both of them, mm-hmm. almost as much trying to calm herself as she is them. Mm-hmm. The fire struggles against the encroaching darkness as night falls. Even though you can feel the heat coming off of it, it provides you little comfort or warmth. The embers die down low. As you set your watch, make a perception check. Twenty-five. Out just on the road, just past your camp, you see a figure looming in the darkness. Looking towards us? Yes. People-shaped or bird-shaped? People-shaped. I want to hide and sneak towards them to see if I can get the drop on them to see if they're looking to come to a, towards us with menace and malice. Like, not attack them outright, but be in a position to strike from the shadows. Roll stealth. Correct. 14. You creep forward and move to the other side of this tree. And as you get closer, um, again, the, the mists swirl around and there's enough moon to see by. It appears to be a sackcloth man. Sentient? Make... Or a distraction stuck in the dirt? Make an insight check. Four. No idea. But it is immobile as you're looking at it you can see it's got kind of a paunchy gut it's slumped over not really moving although you can see that its hands are covered in gloves but it just hangs there okay seeing that it could be human it could be a distraction she heads back towards arena and the kids but stays hidden if i can to see if anything comes to attack them you continue creeping along and moving back toward them as you do you can see now that the light is there there are more dotting the road further down the path it looks like there's a half dozen all told just on the road dotting the road but they're all angled they're in like a zigzag pattern with their focus towards me i'm still a little confused no sorry they're not copy okay uh i relax a little bit but stay in the shadows until the end of my watch okay and then i go wake up my girl. You go and wake your girl up. She wakes you up and, uh, or she wakes up um, and very carefully puts the kids' heads down on the ground. They kind of curl mm-hmm. into one another. Mm-hmm. And she 
wipes sleep from her eyes and she says, Have you had a quiet watch? Do you know anything about sackmen? Like scarecrows? I saw these things that looked like they were made out of cloth, like sack, like a scarecrow. I don't mean to scare you. I'm truly just trying to... You know more about this place than I do. Nothing that I know except, you know, dolls, but I'm, I don't think that's what you're thinking of. Oh, it might have been. But either way, they didn't seem to see us, so I kind of just let them go. But if they come back, you can wake me up. We can work it out together. She says, letting out a big yawn while she's saying that. You can wake me up. Wake me up. If I come back. Got me with a real one. Thank you for the empathy. My psych professor used to do that. Just yawn? He'd be like, one of the things that is in psychology is even if someone's fake yawning, it could cause you to do a real one. And I was like, and everyone in the class would start yawning. It was very funny. Fucking obnoxious, but I get it. I loved it. It's like a magic trick. <laughs> it's like a magic trick only activated by people who care. Oh, that's yeah, that's actually a really cute way of thinking of it. And a great thing to do in the middle of a date. I had a friend interrupt my yawn once to go, thank you, that means you're empathetic. And I was like, um, okay, thanks. <laughs> that's the fucking worst. Because <laughs> I contagious to their yawn. They weren't doing it on purpose. No. Like, thank you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but clearly, okay, we're not hanging out again. <laughs> You have some toxic friends. (laughs) As you and Arena, who is not a toxic friend, as the two of you are are conferring, whispering, you see an eerie green light coming from the road. Of course I do. She says to no one in particular. Arena goes, don't worry, I don't think this is going to hurt us. What do you mean? Watch. I watch it. From the light emerges a ghostly procession. There are wavering images of women toting great swords, woodwise men with slender bows, dwarves with glittering axes, and archaically dressed mages with beards and strange pointed hats. All of these and more march forth, their numbers growing by the second. What is this? Myra has both swords out and he's like Shh. warming up her shoulder. What is this? It's uh, the March of the Dead. It happens every night. What? Sometimes I watch it when I can't sleep. They're the other strangers. What do you mean? It's everyone who came here before you and faced off against Strahd and failed. Oh, what do they do? Do they fight people on the road? They head to the castle and then they throw themselves off the cliff. What? They usually land in the Barovia graveyard. She watches for a while and she goes, huh, they still haven't got him. Before you came here, about 10 years ago, there was a... A powerful wizard. He's the one who rallied the folk of Barovia and Doru, Donovich's son, went with him. He he basically got everybody up in arms and had a mighty battle against Strahd in his own castle. He was also thrown from the balcony and into the river Ilvis. Everybody assumed he died, but I've never seen his ghost in the procession, which makes me think he's still alive out there somewhere. Do you think... His son knows where he is? Donovich's son? It's not likely. Doru was sent back intentionally. A black carriage came into town, and he stepped out, claiming to have come back uh, at the mercy of Strahd. We learned later, when he tried to attack his father, that that wasn't the case. Of course. I'm sorry. That old woman talked about a wizard who could help us. His mind is broken, but his spells are strong, she said. Yeah, I think your hope may be well-placed. 
I guess everybody deserves a second chance, right? Or a third, hopefully. She says to no one in particular. And uh, goes to bed. (laughs) You fall asleep almost instantly, and you have the most wonderful dream. Mm -hmm. You dream of the day your parents sold you into slavery. You were a child, no older than Myrtle is now, and you remember sobbing as the men took you uh, away from them and threw you into their into their cart and it's happening as you remember it when your mother breaks away and goes no i can't she pushes the man away and says i don't know what i was thinking no of course not please and she brings you close to her chest and holds you there and then you are in their home with your older sister and you're having breakfast and she's teasing you and you're sticking out your tongue at her and your as her mom uh, make some some bread for the day and you never see her face but you see this kind of it's like swath of red hair just like yours play nice girls and then you have your sister walking you to school and you're hopping on stepping stones as she's teaching you about the different kinds of birds that you see and then you're older and you're getting your education you're reading all of the birds she points out are corvids mm-hmm. that's a magpie and that's a raven and that's a blue jay and then you're like you're in class and you're reading a book and the teacher calls on you and you you answer a, a question and she gives you a look of like pride. You like push down an older boy that was picking on a little girl and he like stands up to you to kind of fight back. But you stand stronger and your sister comes up behind you and puts her hands on her hips and cocks her head to the side and he like grumbles and moves off. And then later on, you're kissing him and he's your first kiss and you're uh, blushing and embarrassed under a willow tree on the side of a pond where some like swans are lazily going by. And then it's your wedding day and you're in a beautiful white dress. He removes the veil off of your house. He's... You said house. Thank you. Off of your head. (laughs) He removes the veil off of your face. Got tears in his eyes as he's smiling at you. He looks like a dark haired Tom Hiddleston. It's just Tom, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Goes in to kiss you. Then the two of you are like slightly older. You're watching a play and uh, it's Wester Mortimer, her greatest performance ever. And she calls out uh, into the wings for her daughter or, you know, the character's daughter. And she doesn't come. And she looks off and she's concerned. And she asks, is anybody here an actress? And you're not even thinking of it before you rise and then you're reciting the play that you know by heart and you're acting with Western Mortimer uh, and then you're in uh, her dressing room after the fact having champagne together and she tells you, you know, you could have a life in the theater and you do and you have a life and you travel around and you see all of the places you've seen in Faerun but without any of the drama. There's no giants. There's no drow. With the drama, but a different kind. Drama of another sort, perhaps. And you laugh and you <laughs> laugh. And your husband is there with you and he sews up the costumes for you and makes the most beautiful clothing that you get to wear every night. And he gets a little uh, inspired by uh, your life together and pens a couple plays of his own. And they're really good. They're beautiful poetry because you're his muse. And he's telling love stories because he's telling how he feels about you. And you get to share that with audiences every night until you, old and gray, are on stage reciting a speech that he has made, his magnum opus. And that night in your dressing room, the two of you cheersing a a glass of champagne. And uh, he reaches out to hold your hand and you hold his. And the both of you slip away together in a peaceful, happy life.
And then you wake up. <gasps> did I heal? Etc. You did not. You can have the effects of a short rest. You can use as many hit oh, dice. Sucks. I also want you to make a constitution save. Seven. You feel hollow. You feel your skin is just hanging loose on your body. You're kind of feverish, and you are very, very hungry. And the first thought that pops into your head is you got to get some more of those pies. Mm. Dang. Is there any way that Arena can do like a medicine check on me and figure this out? I'm imagining I look like a heroin person does upon waking. You're not having withdrawal symptoms yet. Okay. But you are right. experiencing the first, like, the first fangs of addiction. Not looking at those kids, and they're turning into pie, and then it's back to the kid. Exactly, yet? yeah. <laughs> okay. Nor, nor are you looking like, you know, you're not showing any physical. You're just kind of like, you don't feel good. You feel like you woke up, like, yeah. kind of, like the hungover. first day of a flu. But a hungry hangover, not a Hungry, hungry hangover. hangover. <laughs> what a great game. It's just, like, four people in plaid shirts. <laughs> Grasping with their hands. Yeah. <laughs> Make a perception check. Ten. You have woken up early and you see that Arena has dozed off a little bit as well. She's still, she was holding the kids close to her all night and she nodded off on top of them. Surrounding your campsite marked on the circle that you drew in the sand at equal points are six scarecrows. There right now. They're there right now. Not like now. footprints? No. They are there hung on sticks okay she notes the circle thing and thinks to herself maybe god is real um um, (laughs) go heading toward cleric heading heading toward cleric i don't know i gotta look into it i don't know what a first level cleric can do being a rogue is so fun being a warlock is like being communism because you get power for free (laughs) oh that's so cute that you think it's for free wait what (laughs) she stands up slowly hand on her sword and whispers as if not to wake arena but trying to talk to these things Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. Good morning. And just kind of looks at them all and sees what they do. They don't answer or move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even the ones behind you. Even her. the ones behind you as you turn your back yeah. and evolve. They haven't moved. They haven't like yeah. shifted the side of their head. They're just there. Yeah. She tentatively goes up and touches one with her hand. As you do, the sack around its belly kind of like flutters a little bit. <gasps> And then, like, kind of, like, pushes like there's something against it, but it doesn't move. But the sack fluttered on its own, not where my hand pushed? No, where, where your hand, hand pushed, pushed it. Okay, great. I was like, he's nervous about being touched by me. <laughs> his belly is fluttering. He's got butterflies in his tummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, well, at least they're nice. Okay. Is it daylight? It's morning. Myrie bends down to Arena and the kids and says, don't be scared. There's some things here. <laughs> Arena but stands up and like kind of catches her breath and holds the eight. hands of the kids tighter. I'm going to try and step out of the circle and see if they do anything. I touched one and it didn't do anything. She's still looking at them all as she's saying all this. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm going to step past two of them. Nothing happens. Okay, guys, let's uh pretend they're just some nice trees and pack up camp as you're packing up camp that same fluttering sound like something is inside the cloth trying to get out happens again oh she goes to the cloth as they're packing up Mm -hmm. 
to the one that she touched and tries to rip it open gently to see if there's something inside. It gives way very quickly. And as soon as you do, a raven (laughs) flies off past you, cawing in the air as it does so. From the tear in the split, more and more dead ravens topple out of it onto the ground at your feet. What does this mean? Is this connected to the queen? I open up the rest of the scarecrows. They're all filled with dead ravens. Except for one, which before you open its shirt, do a D100 roll. I rolled a 51. On one of them, the gloves end in fingernails made out of ivory that are uh, etched with delicate flower carvings. Can I identify it without the spell? (laughs) You you have to spend time with it to do that. Uh, I take it off. Okay. It slips off. There's nothing underneath. Arena is like with the kids trying to like not show them me pulling dead birds out of bags. Mm-hmm. And um, I go, Arena, do you know what this is? This a- They're gloves. They go on your hand. She puts it on. Does it look good? <laughs> I mean, it looks kind of weird. Like the, the nails coming up. They're really it, long. It, they're not like acrylic long. They're like manicured long. But there's something like kind of satisfying about tapping them and making us uh, on the wood of the scarecrow. Will they be in the way of me sword fighting? No. Then I wear them. <laughs> Grand. Uh, add to your inventory, uh, ivory nail gloves. And before we move away, I want to check to see the one that had the ivory nail gloves. Is it special in any other way? Make an investigation check. 17. This one didn't have any ravens in it. When you tear open its shirt, you just see human chest. I put the sheet back. I tear it open. I see that. Mm-hmm. I put it back. I feel it. Is there a heartbeat? Uh, no, it's kind of chilly. I pull away really fast. Um, I still take the gloves. I pull off the um, cloth on the head part. You pull the sack off of the head uh-huh. and you see Eastmark carved into his forehead are the words, be mine. Myrie takes the sack in her hands and quickly puts it over him and turns around. <laughs> Hey, are we ready to move? You clap your hands Guys. together and your, your ivory nails tick, 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 clank <laughs> against each other. And uh, you pack up camp and head out for the day. And you also then lied to Arena. Oh, yeah. Big time. To give her peace of mind. Um, I haven't told Arena my real name. <laughs> oh, yeah. This relationship is founded on mistrust. Not mistrust. I've been wounded. Everyone I love has died. So you don't trust people. I don't let them trust me. Wait. I don't know. <laughs> Where do I begin? Where Which side start? of this coin is heads? It's a blank coin. So, but he also had some lovely gloves with ivory fingernails that you, did you grab or did you get I to I put Arena? them on. No, I put them on. Oh, should I give them to Arena? Were they for her? Well. Oh, shit. Just because they're for her doesn't mean you should give them to her. Your relationship is founded on mistrust. That's fair. Hey, have you seen a package from Amazon for me? No, I have not. Oh, that's a really nice necklace. I ordered one just like it. What a coincidence. Amazon is evil. You should cancel your subscription. But uh, also, I have a couple of suggestions while you're waiting to do that. Just <laughs> while I can take advantage of Prime. Since you have the two-day shipping. I like. I fucking love Mrs. Maisel, and I'm going to keep coming back. They also have really good uh, comedy gets. Here's what I was wondering. I think you can buy those seasons, right? I mean, it's like 40 bucks, but we could buy them on iTunes, right? That That is the moral way to As do that. As a way to then. get around it. Instead of giving money to Amazon, give it to Apple. Yeah. Who profits directly from slave labor. 
it's it's you know pick your poison i'm at least picking it <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm picking the poison that is devastating the congo which let's be honest i'm sure amazon has a hand in anyway yeah like there's which a- rainforest are you burning <laughs> no winner there's no, no winner uh the only true way to be a moral capitalist is to kill yourself stop that's not good i don't like that message i'm not saying that you should but I'm saying the only way to be capitalist I just think there's and no not way have there to be, be a, a victim, moral capitalist. I don't think that's an option. That is, yes. <laughs> that is a nicer way of saying what I said. So, yeah, you're on the side of the road. It is early morning. You have the first level of exhaustion. I don't know if I told you that, but... You didn't. I just knew I didn't get a long rest. First level is... Is my movement halved? First level is disadvantage on ability checks. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> I should be slow first. I'm groggy. I'm tired. Oh my god. A little used mechanic in Dungeons and Dragons is exhaustion. You obviously haven't been listening to our campaign. I accidentally misspelled disadvantage and wrote disadvante. Disadvante. (laughs) I have disadvante. Yo, wow, Barovia's really wearing off on you, huh? (laughs) I disadvante suck your blood. So bad. I say, come on guys, pack up, pack up everything. They're not gonna hurt you. It's just a bunch of, just a bunch of scarecrows that walked here. Just, just, just pack camp and i'm like putting stuff away oh uh okay Farik begins like kind of automatically packing it up quietly and myrtle goes here i'll help and rolls up the bedroll but it's got her whole body on it in order to get it tight and marina's like good job and she comes forward and she goes i don't know what happened i just dozed off it's fine i just saw them here when i woke up a bunch of crows flew out ravens they're like still on the ground there. Um, like she saw. Oh, they didn't were... fly out. They were dead. No, they That's were right. dead. Yeah, you <laughs> opened it up. One flew out, and then over a cuckoo's nest. I'm sorry. How often do you use the phrase "one flew"? So I guess a pretty lot. often you fucking. I look at birds all the bird, way. You fucking goddamn it! I realize I have to remember I who I'm asking. I literally <laughs> didn't fill up that bird feeder, so we would have less visitors. But I'm going to fill it up right out of this. You better believe it. As soon as this session's <laughs> over, you better believe it. I got fucking bags of seed. Bags <laughs> of seed. They're going through it so fast. I have like a five pound bag. I got this bird feeder in the feed from a neighbor for free. And now I'm like, I'm going to pay paying for these fucking birds to eat for the rest of my life because I'm never going to stop. Arena looks and goes, um, yeah, I think that was more of a warning. It was a, it was a threat, but it wasn't a threat. You know what I mean? Do you think this means they're watching us somehow? She looks you in the eye and goes, that's exactly what I think it is. Okay. I have to talk about Fursilly now. Fursilly now. She nods, knowing who you're talking about. Okay. Have they given you any gifts or anything? I mean, obviously they probably have, but nothing you have on you, right? Oh, no. I. He tried to give me a lot what he called tokens of his affection. I Mm. rejected them all. Mm -hmm. That was when he started uh, attacking our house, Mm. sending creatures of the night, setting fire, the living dead. But no, I've I've never accepted a gift from him. Can I? Myrie is starting to be like, if I was trying to track someone, I would put something in something I give them. So she's looking at her gloves. Can I tie these to a squirrel? (laughs) Can I nature roll uh, an animal? (laughs) Make an... I will say there's not a lot of animals here. Make an animal handling check. Sorry, wait. We haven't found it yet. Make a perception check. Okay, I didn't look at it, so it's not... Now it's my perception. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a one! (laughs) 
Uh, you're poking around, <laughs> looking through the woods. You're staying near the campsite. You're not getting lost in the woods right now, but there's not really... Every time I catch eyes with anything living, mm-hmm. it dies. <laughs> yes. I see like one inchworm on a tree and it just keels over. You see an inchworm, it, get, like, it gets scooped up by a sparrow, which then flies into a spider's web and the spider wraps it up, but it's then eaten by a snake that was jumping in the tree and then like hangs down and the snake raises its fangs at you. And then it is killed by a mongoose and the mongoose is looking around like, what am I doing in a forest before it is shot by a hunter and then the hunter is maimed to death by a bear and then the bear bear gets sick and dies (laughs) and then the bacteria find the one patch of uv that shines through the cloud and they die and this is all to say use copper bullets instead of lead so you don't poison animals when you shoot them it's a real thing yeah because when you shoot things and then don't find it or like the shell drops a vulture eats it and then the vulture gets sick oh so you don't poison uh, like down the food chain Got it's you. the biggest, it's actually the biggest thing that hurts California condors. Oh. So if you have hunter friends, tell them to buy copper bullets, I think. Oh, I don't. You live in a place where you could. That's why I said it. Oh, I know. I could, but we're not, we don't get along. Because <laughs> no uh, one here does it. I have all this knowledge and no one to help. <laughs> you're fine. I'll pass it along as best I can if I find out anybody's going hunting. Everyone I know with money is a vegan. <laughs> You don't find a squirrel. Yeah, that's fair. There's a okay. dead raven. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll, I'm going to cut up the gloves and put them in a bunch of ravens so that whatever eats them will end up swallowing it and it'll be split. All right. As the rest of the camp is getting packed up, you... And uh, I can cut them, right? They're not Yeah, you have, you have a knife. But they're... I figured if they were magic, they like wouldn't cut. Oh, no, no. They're just, they're handmade. Cool. They're handmade for hands. Their gloves. Don't look at me like that. I'm about to glove you. Challenge me to a duel. <laughs> Goddamn right I am. <laughs> and then I help finish up cleaning up camp and we put our little backpacks on and I go, okay, weird question. Do you kids have another guardian we could drop you with? Fairy starts quietly crying. Oh no. Oh no. I don't know how to deal with kids. Uh, I didn't really have a childhood. Help, Arena. Uh, Arena comes down and it's like, did you have any other family living in any other towns? And Myrtle shakes her head and goes, no, just my mommy and daddy. We could backtrack. We'd have to go past the windmill again. My thought was, their, I pull her aside, their mom and dad sold them for pie. And like, I don't think they've gone through a rehab situation since that time. Okay, so maybe not plan A. There are these other towns. Maybe they have, you know, a fire station. Okay. Some place that we could leave them to the state. It's not ideal, but I, I, I mean, I'm not ready to be a mom. Then certainly, like even if I was, I, I was never thinking of adoption. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be a mom. Okay, so we both don't want to be moms, but we've we've got to take care of them. And it, should we ask them? Speaking as a, a a child of divorce, it's not really fair to put the burden of choice onto the kid because one of the parents is inevitably going to be wounded, and it's one of the, like the the few relationship structures that they have in their life so then they're always going to feel like if they're making somebody else choose something then that's an inherently traumatic option that they're offering somebody so it's going to make them inherently self-sufficient which is both a blessing and a curse because it makes relationship communication much more difficult down the line when they form romantic connections okay that was so much i have read two books so i'm just gonna trust you on <laughs> and that one of one. them was about dwarves, dwarves making dwarves out of dwarves <laughs> 
So I'm just going to trust you on that one, and we'll just try and see if the next town has somewhere. As you wind down the mountain path, you come around a corner and out of the woods. The woods kind of clear away, and you can see you're on the... Yeah. We want to try and read the book. Yes, you do, but you... Head down the path, you come around a a corner, and the vista drops away from you. You can see you're now on a high ridge overlooking a lake, an enormous lake. Not a great lake. I mean, it's good, but it's not like a sea. It's not an inland sea. It's like a Tahoe-sized. And you can see a mountain on the far side of it, uh, stretching up into the clouds. Uh, Several tributaries crisscrossing down, like tears down an old man's face. And you can also see from uh, this view, there is a small town on the uh, edge of the lake. And Arena says, uh, th- uh, that must be Valaki. It's uh, the largest town in Barovia, from what I can remember. It's not where we're headed, but uh, could be a spot to you know, stay. I think we should take a night there for sure. Okay, so uh, we don't have to sleep on the road, right? Yeah, I think we might have gotten off easy with the uh, scarecrows. What do you mean? Um, have you ever heard the expression, fire shot across the bow? Oh, yes. The next one isn't. Where I come from, we call that the first shot is a half pour. But we're talking about tequila. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe this town will have some place, some sort of charity. There's charity in Barovia, right? There is. I mean, it's all that keeps people going sometimes, taking care hmm. of one another. So maybe we can find somewhere for the kids. There's probably a Church of the Morning Lord. Tell me more about him. <laughs> well, um, he's our, our, our creator. He watches over us as the sun, tells us to keep hope alive and take care of one another, to be brave in the face of danger. He, he is love. It's, it's kind of hard to put into words. Hmm. What God do you believe in? A uh, little column A, a little column B. I've dabbled with a few. I suppose the Raven Queen... Kind of. But she's more like my boss before I was fired. It's confusing. She looks at you kind of concerned. She says, the Raven Queen. Do you know her? No, I've never heard of her. Okay. They're one of the few animals that we don't call children of Mother Night. Hmm. So the idea of a woman being in charge of the ravens, that sounds like something the forest folk would talk about. Who are the forest folk? The first settlers of this land. They lived in the forest and lived off of the land, so we call them the forest folk. Hmm. This land was around long before the beast was. Hmm. Even his time here hasn't been forever. It's possible that there are gods older than the Morning Lord. Maybe this Raven Queen is one of them. Myri, for the first time, her eyebrows go up and she doesn't say anything. She's like, am I in the future? (laughs) 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 Is this like 200 years after? Or, like, thousands of years. She wouldn't just, like, kill everyone I know by just porting me a thousand years into the future, right? She's not going to moff at me, right? Like, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't moff at me. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. That's, like, the stupidest way to kill someone without really killing them so you have a happy ending, but it's not real at all because nothing matters. Wait, can we read this book? Again, like, do you want to read it while you're walking? Do you want to, like, have a picnic lunch without lunch? I just wanted to read it on the road. Okay. <laughs> bell style. Yeah, bell style, but also, like, Myri's read two books. I feel like she's not really good at that. So I'm going to say, first of all, make an intelligence check. Or, no, uh, this will be a perception check. See if you can read while walking without running into stuff or tripping. Thank you. Okay, okay, 22. Head on a swivel. Okay, 22. <laughs> now make an investigation check to see if you can find anything, like, worthwhile in this journal. 15. All right. 
give me the info. You're flipping through for a while, and you learn the story of Strahd. I am ancient. I am the land. My beginnings are lost in the darkness of the past. I was a warrior. I was good and just. And I thundered around like the wrath of a just god. But the war years and the killing years wore down my soul as the wind wears stone into sand. All goodness slipped from my life. I found my youth and strength gone, and all I had left was death. My army settled in Barovia and took power over the people in the name of a just god, but with none of a god's grace or justice. I called for my family, long unseated from their ancient thrones, and brought them here to settle in the castle Ravenloft. They came with a younger brother of mine, Sergei. He was handsome and youthful. I hated him for both. From the families of the valley, one spirit shone above all others, one rare beauty who was called perfection, joy, and treasure. Her name was Tatiana, and I longed for her to be mine. I loved her with all my heart. I loved her for her youth. I loved her for her joy, but she spurned me. Old One was my name to her, elder and brother also. Her heart went to Sergei. They were betrothed. The date was set. With words, she called me brother, but when I looked her in the eyes, they reflected another name. Death. It was the death of the aged that she saw in me. She loved her youth and enjoyed it, but I had squandered mine. The death she saw in me turned her from me. And so I came to hate death. My death. My hate is very strong. I would not be called death too soon. I made a pact with death, a pact of blood. On the day of the wedding, I killed Sergei. My pact was sealed with his blood. I found Tatiana weeping in the garden east of the chapel. She fled from me. She would not let me explain, and a great anger swelled within me. She had to understand the pact that I had made for her. I pursued her. Finally, in despair, she flung herself from the walls of Ravenloft, and I watched everything I ever wanted fall from my grasp forever. It was a thousand feet through the mists. No trace of her was ever found, not even I know her final fate. Arrows from the castle guards pierced me to my soul, but I did not die, nor did I live. I became undead forever. I've studied much since then. Vampire is my new name. I still lust for life and youth, and I curse the living that took them from me. Even the sun is against me. Little else can harm me now. Even a stake through my heart does not kill me, though it holds me from movement. But the sword, that cursed sword that Sergei brought, I must dispose of that awful tool. I fear and hate it, as I fear and hate the sun. I've often hunted for Tatiana. I've even felt her within my grasp then escape. She taunts me. I now reside far below Ravenloft. I live among the dead, and sleep below the very stones of this castle of despair. And that's the most important thing you find in the book. Seems pretty important. Confirmed. Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Canon. <laughs> Can I read this? And Arena and I I guess we should talk about it in character. 
so I'll just I'll just talk about this in character. Okay. You're walking and uh, Arena kind of glances over at you as you like inhale sharply at what you read. So he is a vampire, which, you know, we get a little bit ahead of the kids. We walk a little faster than their little legs can walk. <laughs> so we're ahead <laughs> of them, but they're like far to find that I can talk quietly to her. They won't yeah, really they're dragging. Notice. You're still keeping them within sight, but he's like yeah. mom and mom are on a hike and kid and kid are falling mm-hmm. behind. And Myrtle's Correct. like really trying to keep very like entertained like showing him like pine cones that she yep. found every pine cone she picks up is a scary face she like throws it away She's like, ah! <laughs> look at how cute it is <laughs> <laughs> um, like she holds up one it's finally normal and then spiders start crawling out of it and she... <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect so he's a vampire which you know is probably she goes what no way and she points Stop. to her neck right i know but you know Anything with a mouth can bite, okay? Don't mind but... me just writing that down to be used in different <laughs> contexts later. <laughs> That's what we used to say to kids about handling animals. Does it bite? And then they, their whole world was changed. And then the parents started calling the zoo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I did have a kid. He was fine before I tell this story, but he ate a piece of aloe because he learned that tortoises get water from cactus in the desert and he was thirsty he just took a bite of it and was like it tastes really bad i was like yeah are you thirsty would you like to go to a water fountain we're not in a desert we're by the beach it was very cute though his dad was like what do you do <laughs> <laughs> like this kid pulls this guy, and, this guy like, and i was like it's nothing i have to legally tell you what happened but he skipped to the end it's nothing i haven't heard before yeah i was like he didn't do anything bad and he's like okay Right. He just did something that you could deem dangerous, so I have to legally write it down and tell you. It was very cute. Farik starts sucking on a pine cone. <laughs> yeah. So, but things I learned about vampire in particular, also they spell with a Y, super weird. <laughs> steak doesn't kill them, but holds them still. Wooden steak. Oh, okay. There's some sort of sword of Sergei. Have you heard of Sergei before? She shakes her head. Sounds kind of like the Laertes of the story, some sort of nice, handsome foil to Strahd was engaged to someone that Strahd wanted to be with, Tatiana. Was there a picture? She flips through. Can I find a picture? Uh, no, there's no pictures. It's all It's a journal. It's a journal. It's all He didn't sketch it. No, he didn't sketched sketch. it, but it's really bad. He's like a really bad artist. <laughs> it's just a stick figure, and it's it's labeled Sergey, and there's a stick figure labeled me, but the stick figure that's labeled me has like little bumps above the arms. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, like little stick figure muscles, <laughs> like a stick figure six-pack. No, no picture. He said it was... Very young and beautiful and hated Strahd for being old. And it's what drove him to look for immortality with a blood pact. So he's selfish? Yeah, you know. What a useless treasure. But uh, there's some pretty good information. If we can find the sword, it could really hurt him. And obviously sunlight. Sun hasn't shown properly in Barovia for my entire life. Probably longer. There's a spell, right? If we could find daylight somewhere. I can keep practicing maybe she like holds up uh, a sacred flame not sunlight but i'll try and get stronger we can look around too obviously it's not gonna be out in the open but if we if we could find some sort of rebel base we can maybe find something many bothans died to get this journal into our <laughs> to get this daylight spell um... <laughs> It's a map of Ravenloft, but for some reason, the, like sorcerer, like conjures it with prestidigitation, so it's like a beam of a light. 3D, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ravenloft is an almost impenetrable battle station, but it does have one exhaust port here. It's a chimney. Yeah, <laughs> an exhaust port. 
What else did I write down? He said he did it in the name of a god, too. Out of context. He conquered Barovia in the name of a god. So he may have been some sort of paladin at one point. Hmm. It means he believes in something bigger than himself. He could, again. Hmm. I'm probably the last person that I would have expected to say this, but maybe there's a chance for redemption. I don't know about that. He's pretty quick to act. I don't know if we have time for redemption. You know what I mean? No. Of course not. It could be a plan C, maybe. Anything else you found in the book? Do you know anything about blood packs? It says that's how he became a vampire. He killed Sergei. Made a deal. I don't know with who. Ah, uh, neither do I. Okay. That's um, not really Morning Lord territory. Right. Well, maybe we can find this Sergei sword or some sort of lore about him. Obviously, we'll probably have to be quiet about it. The woman at the gallows mentioned a sword of sunlight, didn't she? Right. A, a saber of light? Yeah. Where was that? Uh, a dragon's house? Hands once clean and now corrupted? I guess we start looking for where dragons live? Your money isn't called dragons by chance, is it? No, they're called strods. Right. Wow, for a second I really thought maybe there was redemption for this guy. He named the money after him. That's what I'm saying, like... Yeah, okay, never mind, my bad. That was crazy talk. It's early, I'm hungry. I get it. Oh, I could go for a pie. Um, maybe we stay away from pie for a while. Maybe it's time oh. we started swimming away from pie. Right, right. No pie. Ugh, no pie. Let's keep walking. And you do for... Oh! Can we whittle steaks while we do this? Make a slight of hand check. <laughs> Wait, what am I trying to hide? You're trying to whittle without tripping and stabbing yourself in the face. What about acrobatics? No, dear. It's funny because they're the same, but I just thought it. Oh, a dirty 20. All right. You, uh, yeah, you're whittling steaks and like Myrtle is helping as well. She's got one. She's just rubbing a stone against a stick a bunch because you know, she doesn't have a knife. Mm-hmm. But she's going like... Look, I'm I'm helping. Yeah, you are. Kids are so stupid, right? <laughs> You're doing a great job, Myrtle. We like that's we need to talk about your rapport with kids. Oh. Is that not is that not the right way to do it? This is how I was raised. You know, j- kindness goes a long way, gentleness, encouragement. Oh. That looks very usable, Myrtle. Make a deception check. <laughs> It's a dirty 20, but I rolled a seven. She uh, hands out the six. She goes, you can use it. Thank you. I will definitely put this in my bag. Do you? Yeah. Okay. It's in my bag. Add one stick to inventory. <laughs> Watch this stick save my life somewhere. Go full, Zelda. You already almost said it's dangerous to go alone today. So. <laughs> After about four hours of walking on the road, your stomach's growling and hungry. You come to a crossroads with a road leading off to the right-hand side uh, and a signpost saying Valaki. That's the town we want to go to. It is. So we're going to go that way. All right. It's a short walk up to an imposing gate that I will now describe. The old Svalich road meanders into a valley watched over by dark brooding mountains to the north and south. The woods recede, revealing a sullen mountain berg surrounded by wooden palisade. Thick fog presses up against the wall as though looking for a way inside, hoping to catch the town unawares. The dirt road ends at a set of sturdy iron gates with a pair of shadowy figures standing behind them. Planted in the ground and flanking the road outside of the gates are half a dozen pikes with wolves' heads impaled on them. What do you do? 
So the gates are closed, right? They are. There uh, appear to be two people near them. On the ground or up above? Like Monty Python style? Like No, behind, like guardhouse style. Oh, copy. Arena, <laughs> what's yeah. with the wolf hate? Do you know? I super don't, but wolves aren't, you know, wolves aren't ravens. Okay, Myrtle, Freak, stay close to Arena. I'm going to go talk to them. Okay. I uh, go up to the guardhouse. You're about uh, 10 feet back when you hear a voice call out. Who got us there? Hi. We are travelers. We saw the town and thought we could give you some tourist money on our way out. What's your name? And what is your business coming to Velaki? Masha, to stay the night. Family name? Grina. Make a deception check. Masha <laughs> Grina. <laughs> Dun da da dun 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 da da dun da 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 da. A deception check. Yeah. A twenty-three. Why'd you pause? You forget your own last name. I just got divorced. <laughs> what was your married name? Oh, I don't talk about my married life anymore. To whom were you married? What was his name? Pietro von Schlop. Uh, Do you see why I don't talk about my married name anymore? It's very embarrassing. Apologies. Miss Greta. Thank you. Who are you traveling with? Can I ask why you, you need to know everyone? Is this just a normal sort of green card thing? I, I, other towns I've visited before have just sort of let us in, you know. Is, is your town okay? Lucky isn't like other towns. We're very secure here. We are very happy here. In order to keep that safe, we have to know who it is we're letting in. If we're letting you in. Okay. Uh, that is Vasilia Harrison. Which one? Uh, the older girl. And the children? Uh, Myrtle and Farik. Last names? Petersburg. So what is a Greedo uh, Harrison and a two Petersburgs doing on the road together? We're looking for someone who can help take care of them. Their parents are no longer able to take care of them. And then Vesalia and I are friends. Did the two of you volunteered to take them here together? What made you think Velaki? We cared about them. This is just our first stop. That makes another note there. So delivering children. Where do you intend to take them to? Again, we intend to stay the night. I was just going to see if there was a place, some sort of charity that takes care of kids. Our intention is tourism and an inn. The Blue Water is the inn in town. St. Angels is the church. They run the orphanage. Can you say that again? Are you saying angels, but like angels? I'm saying andrals. Andrals, thank you. Like the name of the saint? Do you, are you not familiar with St. Andral? <laughs> that was out of character. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> He's so rude. I'm not trying to antagonize this man right now. But that, that I will do that, though. St. Andrew, Of course. Uh, and he is the saint of... Kids? <laughs> Something like that. Thank you, officer. And she looks at his name tag. His name? <laughs> also, she wants to look and see if, if he's wearing a uniform. Does it say, like, you know, Strahd Police Force or something? Like, I want to know what his unionization is. Make a perception check. Just trying to give his town money. I bet they're suffering. I bet every service worker in that town's like, ugh, Jim at the gate. <laughs> perception, 24. Mm. So I Sherlock it. <laughs> also, how's your wife? <laughs> 
excuse me? The dirt under his fingernails notes that he hasn't been home in a few days. <laughs> you know, because when you're not home in a few days, the dirt just occurs but there's also there's also like a, a line for his wedding band should be. Yeah, exactly. He's not wearing a name tag, but you can see he and the other guard who is in the tower are both armed with crossbows. And uh, there are halberds nearby as well. And they are wearing matching livery in pretty drab form. Um, you also see as you kind of come around and get more of a look on them, they're both smiling at you. Smiling in a magic way? More like smiling in a performative way. You can see the smile doesn't quite reach their eyes, but they are not letting their smiles drop. Look, man, I lean in kind of closer so his friend can't... Can I get closer, actually? Because I'm like 10 feet away, right? I think, yeah, as you uh, you get closer. I know working this kind of thing can be hard, you know? Maybe people don't respect you enough. People respect me very much. We keep the town safe. Oh, yeah, I can tell. This is an important position for the safety of Velaki, a noble town. There's no badness in Velaki. Yes, no badness in Velaki. She winks. He does not wink back at you. Got it. Well, great. Thank you for the information. Can me and my companions come in? Uh, just one moment. I do need to give you the writ of law. We don't want you disobeying the law. Of course. I would never disobey the law in Velaki. Nothing bad is there. He hands you like a sheet of paper, essentially a pamphlet. Like if you're going mm-hmm. into Disneyland, like this is your map and like a couple of like restaurant advertisements. Uh-huh. It's a brochure. He's handing me a brochure. He's handing you a brochure. <laughs> With rules. <laughs> yes. And it says right at the beginning, welcome to Velaki. There's no badness here. He has a quill and he goes over this and like taps. He's like a basically like a park ranger now. And he like taps the first rule and kind of like circles the bullet next to it or the bolt next to it. You want to call them bullets, but you know what I mean. What is your opinion of Strahd von Zarevich? What's your opinion? Am I right? <laughs> I'm asking you. The smile doesn't fade. He's not a friend to me. Good. He's not a friend to anyone in Velaki either. Keep his name out of your mouth. I would dream of, of putting him in my mouth. Once inside, the mention of the name of the lord of this valley is strictly illegal, even in written form. Even referring to it now is frowned upon. If you must refer to him, you will simply refer to him as the beast. The beast. Got it. Sorry. Get him out now. Second, this noble town holds a festival each week in honor of the residents' general merriment and continued support of our fantastic burgomaster, Baron Vargas Valkovich. As guests of Valaki, you will not be required to aid in the preparation for our festivals. However, your attendance and participation in every festival is absolutely mandatory for the length of your stay. Failure to attend will be in strict opposition of Valakian law. Can I ask what happens or should I just find out? Failure to comply with any Valakian law will mark you as criminals in our city <laughs> and you will be punished in accordance to our justice system. Is there anything I should know about this justice system? You don't want to be marked as a criminal in our justice system. Okay. Any other questions? Now's the time to ask them. Yeah, what happens at the festival? Oh, that's going to be a surprise. The Burgomaster prepares all of the festivals himself. The most recent festival was the Wolf's Head Jamboree. Oh, cool. Do you hate wolves? I hate wolves. I do hate wolves. Can we go in now? Just one last thing. I need to register any weapons that you have on you. Register, like, take note of them, and then I walk in with them? Correct. Okay, great. I don't lie to him. I say what I got. Shield, two short swords. Uh, You have one short sword and one dagger, actually. I don't tell him about my thieves' tools. (laughs) They're not thieves' tools. They're They're knitting needles. needles. (laughs) So I'm good to go. Does Arena have any weapons? She's just a hand gal, right? Yep. Cool. She's handsy. I also made this, but I don't think it's very good. I show him my steak. 
Uh, he looks it over and he goes, cute. He doesn't write it down. Got it. Great. Um, thank you so much. You've been a wonderful help. That's my job. Are you okay? Everything's okay in Valaki. There's no badness here. Okay, well, thank you. She turns around, and while she's facing Arena, she mouths, Oh my god, this may be weird. She goes, I can't read lips. <laughs> she goes up to her fucking amateurs. She's like, by the way, your name is Visalia Harrison. Is what? Visalia Harrison. Memorize it. Figure it out. Why is my name Visalia Harrison? Because it is. Shut up. Oh, my God. I didn't want to give him your real name because what if they want to give you to Strahd? You know? You should get used to it. Visalia's cute. I've never used a fake name before. She looks, like, kind of excited. Yeah, you're a spy now. Isn't it cool? What's your fake name? <laughs> Masha Grina. You used your real first name, though? But I used a fake last name. Masha Grina from the famous bakery Grinas. All right. <laughs> uh, you are hereby required to talk like that for the rest of the time that you're in character as Masha Grina. <laughs> oh, we are so happy to be here in Valaki. <laughs> Tell me, blue water in, do you have anything to eat? I won't do that. That's the end of that. The three of them approach the gate with you. The man smiles and says, enjoy your stay in Valaki. Thank you, comrade. And she walks inside and she goes, by the way, kids... We're not going to talk about the big bad of the land. It's illegal. You know, the the who is named after the money? We're not going to talk about him at all. Myrtle nods and goes, okay. And Farik, like, looks up at you and kind of, like, nods. Thank you. Uh, same for you, Arena, but I don't think that's going to be a problem for us. And also, they hate him here. We hate him everywhere. Well, but, like, here it's it's, like, required. As we're walking through the town... I just want to say, I'm getting a really weird vibe from this place. The guys who interviewed me and asked me all these questions kind of seemed held hostage a little bit and kept saying there's no badness here. And as I look around, it's on a bunch of signs. Like there's There are flags and banners hanging from like every post. Um, and It's like best coffee in the world and no badness at all. Welcome to the Valaki livery. Our horses have no badness in them. It, it's like how everything around here is named after the Sierra Foothills or the Yuba River. No badness massage parlor. <laughs> There's a massage parlor now. That's Canaan. The town itself is quite large. Comparable in size, I would say, to like Tribor. Maybe a little bit bigger. Not water deep city level by any means, but this is a more bustling town. Not all of the windows are boarded up here. People are going about their business. The gate, or you know, the wall is a very prominent feature. And as you pass through the gate, it spreads out on either side from you. Is everything here super run down like it was in her home? It is not. It is actually um, uncomfortably colorful. The houses are all like bright, like you would find in San Francisco or Brighton and other like dreary seaside towns. Yellow, pink, uh, pastel purple, which is called lavender. Immediately upon entering town to your left you can see a large stockyard you know for like housing uh horses and uh, other animals it is fairly crowded streets um people are moving about and you can see everybody going around with a smile on their face uh that's what your initial impression is as you move through the street let's go check out the saint andral's hey arena have you heard of the saint andral have her make a history check 12 she scratches her head for a second and kind of like unconsciously rubs her neck where she was bitten. 
And she goes, uh, he was a priest of the morning lord long, long time ago who lived in Valaki. He cared for lost children. That was like his, his main thing. His house became an orphanage and it became a place of safe refuge. I think there was something about a story of him fighting off against Stra- uh, uh, against the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely had her read the pamphlet. I didn't give it to the kids because it's too hard. To read? To like deal with so many things that are like, you will die if you don't do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say that they'll die. You'll be arrested, you know? Yeah. You'll have to hang out in the hooskow. Yeah. Well, that's where they said we could bring the kids. Okay. Well, keep your eyes peeled for a church, I guess. Yeah. We could ask someone. Can I go up to like a fruit seller? Sure. He's not selling fruit. Yeah, he is selling uh, sweet meats, but cabbages. Yes. Oh, okay. No, uh. sorry, not, <laughs> not cabbages. No, he is selling wolf steaks and sweet meats. Oh man. Uh, she comes over and she starts salivating. Um, hi. Big smile on his face. Very bored customer service eyes. We're interested in some some food. And maybe a little information. Well, I definitely have food. Wolf kebab? Yeah. Can we each get wolf kebabs? <laughs> yeah. Four wolf kebabs will be four silver coins, please. Oh, no. Will these work? She holds up her strads. Yeah, those are silver coins. Great. Just checking. I didn't know if it was like Scotland where like it's a different money, but the same money. No, that would be... I'm sure there's a game out there that does that. He wanted four, right? Mm-hmm. I give him five. Thank you very much. I enjoy your meal. There's no badness in it. Yep, no badness in uh, Falaki. But I was uh, wondering, can you give us directions to the St. Andrews and to Blue Water? Uh, of course. You're going to find the one before the other. If you head straight down the high street, the Blue Water is going to be a big building on it, right on your right. Look for the sign. St. Andrews would be probably the largest building you're going to see before you get to the Sunset Gate. Sunset Gate? That's a beautiful name. They're all beautiful names. All equally beautiful, right? (laughs) Anything else I can do for you? No, have a great day. Have a day with no badness. Have a day with no badness. She hands the kebabs to the kids and to Arena. Farrick just kind of like eats his mechanically. Myrtle like sniffs hers for a little bit and bites it and then kind of chews and... Gamey. Yeah, really gamey. Myrie is already done with hers by the time Arena is like taking her first bite. Gamey, but not bad as you're picking your tooth with the... stick that it came on i pocket the stick to use later (laughs) got him at one kebab stick (laughs) i'm collecting sticks now i say i got directions and i start leading the way down there can i know what other stores i can go to like do i pass more stores make a perception check thank you dirty 20 a no badness 20 you're covered in 20s like a stripper what covered in 20s gone ah (laughs) i was like in what way? Let's get to this, because you have to be 21 in Texas. <gasps> Oof. Why do I know so much about the ages of consent in Texas? <laughs> As you're walking down the road, you pass this stockyard, you know, with uh, its various caravans. One of them is, like, oddly colorful. The rest of them are pretty mundane. They're not, like, the buildings in town. You pass the massage parlor. You pass a coffin maker shop. As you kind of wind through the town... You can see there is a toy store called Blinsky's. There's two goats that try out to meet one another, knock their heads and make a little bell sound and then walk backwards and reset uh, over the sign that says Blinsky's. No badness. He's the only one who apparently doesn't go by the slogan. 
but uh, has his own painted in gold lettering on the window. Uh, it says, is no fun, is no Blinsky's. It's good. We like that a lot. You notice both of these as you make your way through the town square. Is there like a bazaar in there? Yes. The shops and homes that enclose the town square are decorated with tattered garlands and painted wooden boxes filled with tiny dead flowers. At the north end of the square stands a row of stocks, locked in which are several men and women wearing crude plaster donkey heads. What? It's illegal to perform a Midsummer Night's Dream here. In the center of the square, peasants... Only because it was done three years in a row once, they said, never again! Never again. These are the three bottoms, three years in a row. In the center of the square, peasants in patchwork clothes eye you suspiciously as they use cups and vases to draw water from a crumbling stone fountain. Standing tall at the center of the fountain is a gray statue of an impressive man facing the west, and all around the square are posted proclamations. Uh, on, like, lampposts and all of these things, there are signs that say, Come one, come all, to the greatest celebration of the year. The Wolfhead Jamboree. Attendance and children required. Pikes will be provided. There is no badness here. The Baron. Who is the statue of? Do I know them? Or does Arena recognize them? You don't, and there's no plaque. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, so you're here. There's, Can uh, I stop several someone sh- who's, like, shopping? Like, not someone who's at work, but someone who's in the square doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just from out of town. Big smile on his face. Never seen these, this kind of donkey thing before? What's that about? Those people did not follow the Burgermaster's rules. That is uh, the behavior of an ass. And so now they are dressed up like an ass. <clears throat> ah, yes, of course. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. There's no badness here. There's no badness here. I look at Arena and give her like a, oh, this is gross and weird, right? She looks at you, like, stretches her jowls down, like, what is this? We should go pretty soon, I think. I think so, too. But first, we have to go shopping, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Actually, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, for weapons. So we go into this general store. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, there's carts and stuff around here. Okay, great. I look for someone who can afford three gold rings and a topaz pendant. Make a perception check. 14. All of the shops look fairly middle of the road. They're like farmer's market stands. There's no jewelry shops. Of the three that stand out to you... If I could find someone who's selling crossbows that I might be able to trade for, that is also helpful. Yeah, there's a Cabela's. What's a Cabela's? It's a hunting supply store. Good. (laughs) Yeah, I think there is a gamesman selling like wolf pelts um wolf hats who doesn't look like he's had a particularly good day his whole fur inventory is all lined up he's grumbling to himself like whole goddamn town is overrun with wolf right now it's a wolf buyer's market uh he has a crossbow leaning against his um um no no, no, i'll tell you what he has he has just got a bow and arrow yeah because i think it'll be better for both of us yeah Yeah, okay, great. I want to buy a bow and arrow. So I I spot this and I go up to his thing. Uh, He's a like pretty built dude with like, you can kind of see like his, the zone between like his back hair and the hair coming off the back of his head. There's not really like a border zone. A break. uh, But it does get thicker up on his head. He's got a big, thick black beard. Yeah, he's uh, also got a partner that you can see uh, hanging out in the stand who is sitting there like, skinning um running scraping a cloth over them mm-hmm. not a cloth you know what i'm trying to say like where they scrape yeah. things to like make it leather like tanning and... it yeah but like the fur is still there yeah i agree they both have fairly grim visages like they don't look like happy nice dudes what um, these and guys they're... who kill dogs for a living <laughs> don't look happy <laughs> 
One's got kind of greasy hair and like five o'clock shadow. The other has a big, thick beard. Hmm. Hi, gentlemen. Good afternoon. What can we do for you? I'm actually uh, interested in some hunting supplies. Do you have a bow and arrow you're willing to part with? Sorry. This is my livelihood, and I don't have a spare. Uh, I mean, you'll be able to get a new one, right? There's got to be somewhere to get one, right? If I make it by hand, which is a lot of time and a lot of effort, and not something I'm really interested in doing, seeing as how I have a perfectly good one here, might I recommend you give that a shot? These girly hands can't make a bow and arrow very well. Look at them. I'm not good at anything. And she, like, flips her hand, and then one of the rings is on her finger. But I do have... Some other Wait, no, no. Make a sleight of hand check. (laughs) (laughs) Almost got away with it, too. 14. You hold it up. It's not like... It wasn't like a magic trick. (laughs) Yeah. But you were able to, like, kind of flip it up and, like, produce this ring that he notices and it catches his eye. Could be useful to a savvy businessman like you. Make a persuasion check. 25. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) He picks it up and holds it and he says, um... Well, you know, it's shiny. This does look, uh... <laughs> I like the color. Pretty. The other guy is like, you have somebody to give it to. <gasps> roasted. Boom, roasted. He, he, you can see his cheeks flush pink, and he goes, I could find someone, though, and then I wouldn't have to look for it. I'd already have the ring. And then Arena comes up next to me, and she's like, what are we buying? <laughs> and they both look over. These guys don't really seem to want to do business. She takes the ring back from him, so maybe we should just go, you know? Wait, 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 hey, maybe we can come to some sort of deal. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, Visalia and I, we need to stay safe, and it's just been so hard. Oh, these two idiots again. (laughs) (laughs) How did I make this happen? I'm so sorry. Go on. Like I said, I can't part with the bow, but Zoldar and I are... uh, experienced hunters. Let me stop you right there. Again, this is great, but we travel alone. We actually have someone we're meeting on the road tomorrow, so... It's a cruel land, and uh, you'd do well to have a couple of wolf hunters with you. We're woodsmen. We know how to navigate the land. The roads are dangerous no matter what. You've already been on them. I can see by the mud on your shoes. Do you really want to experience those horrors again by yourselves? Yes, she looks him real hard in the eyes. Well, sorry, but like I said, can't part with the bow. All right, Arena, it's time to go. I thought my name was Vasilia. Oh, I mean Vasilia. The guy Jesus stands up Christ. and goes, Arena? No. No. Yes, no. he does. Your name's Arena? No, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Come here, now. What? Hide. What do you mean hide? He takes a, uh, a wolf hide and throws it over Arena. Okay, I, I let it happen. I say, just follow what he says. What do you know? Shh, look. And he uh, points across the town square. I turn around. Near one of the posters, the, you know, Wolf's Head Jamboree posters, you can see there's a couple of guards in uniforms that matched the... At the front gate. At the front gate, yeah, thank you. And with them is a burly man who is also wearing the livery of the guard, although you can see his armor is more impressive than theirs. He's actually wearing plate mail instead of just like chain mail. He is tall, strong jaw. He's shaved completely bald. He's wearing a, like a pretty thick cloak. And in one hand, he carries a great axe. And in the other, he doesn't carry anything, but he doesn't need to. You can see from the shoulder, and actually his armor has been stripped away 
to kind of accentuate this. His shoulder leading on down is a swollen mass of flesh and muscle ending in a great clawed hand. She looks for a second, sees it, and turns around really fast and sort of whispers to the guy in front of her, is that the Baron I've heard so much about? No, that's the captain of the guard. What? The Baron's right-hand man, Isaac Strozny. What do you know about someone named Arena? Isaac asks everyone he knew who comes to town if they know a woman named Arena, and he's asked us if we've ever met one. We must stay in the woods, and not a lot of women out there. Right. He looks over at his friend who's like, mm, it's not, re- not really a problem. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to make them gay. That's better. It's fun. <laughs> He's a bear. They hunt wolves. Everything's fine. He's a bear. They hunt wolves. I'm dead. But they're both otters. You know what I mean? <laughs> otters in summer, bears in winter. <laughs> bears oh, because in winter, they're putting on... otters in summer. I see, I see. Same hair. I thought you were saying because you, you're shaving the hair. No, same hair. I was like, no, an otter translates to a twink. And I don't know what a naked bear is, a walrus. But he, uh, you know, kind of points to him and says, there's also a rumor that he can create fire in his hands. I mean, she could create fire. And never mind. Um, what are we talking about? Irina, or fucking Jesus, Visalia, and I pull the hood down so it like fits her so her face can be out of it. She was like stuck in the middle of it. And there's like a little wolf face above her, like tongue out. Woof. Vesalia, someone knows about you. I don't know how, but I'm going to need you to to act casual. Can we pay for this cloak? The skin? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that ring. Uh, this ring's a little bit more than that. You and I both know that. This is an alpha wolf cloak. Like, feel how soft that is. I touch it. It's very soft. Do you really want to haggle right now, or do you want to... Uh... I start crying a little bit. <laughs> it's so <laughs> soft and nice. I'm <laughs> <That> one... <laughs> thing of exhaustion no you're right this is fine craftsmanship and i flip him the ring pleasure doing business with you now get out of here and thank you and then i i pull arena away okay let me do the talking from here on out and just try and stay cloaked she's like a celebrity in times square with a baseball cap yeah like it kind of exactly. just over her face he leaves and like goes over to another they're basically putting up flyers like they're advertising their community theater production of a midsummer night's dream correct but the new flyer that he puts up says Come one, come all, to the greatest celebration of the year, the Festival of the Blazing Sun. Attendance and children required, rain or shine. There is no badness here, the Baron. Cool. And that's where we'll call it for today. Cool. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to episode 89 of 1P D&D. With Beverly Jean as Myrie Stone daughter and Trevor Wade as everyone else, Joshua Penn Pearson did most of the music, but this track was done by Alex Scribner. This episode was inspired by the Wizards of the Coast adventure, Curse of Strahd. And a huge thanks goes out to Reddit user Mandy Maud for her fleshing out Strahd guide and for organizing the town of Velaki as a whole. Seriously, like, if you're thinking about running Strahd, not playing Strahd, running Strahd, check out Mandy Maud's guide. It's incredible. Speaking of incredible, this podcast would not be possible without the help of our patrons, Michael, Peter, Dan, Anthony, and Evan. Thank you all so very much. If you would like to join their esteemed adventuring company, head over to patreon.com slash 1pdnd. That's one like the number, P like the letter, D like the letter, N like the letter, and D like the letter. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter using those same numerals and letters. Remember, this podcast is only as cool as its community, so help it grow by telling your friends about it or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you encounter podcasts. The next episode is going to be up in two Wednesdays, July 7th, and we will see you then.